Summertime, and it's hot as balls out, and I'm inside making podcasts. Why do I do it? Air conditioning. <laughs> How do I do it? I do it with Mackie. I mean, I do it with other stuff, too. But when I do it with that stuff, it's just like... But with Mackie by my side, it's like... I do it with their microphones. I do it with their boom stands. I do it with their headphones. I do it with their mixer. I do it in the morning. I do it in the night. I can do me when I want to do me. I can do it on the road. I can do it in the road. Doing it in the road, not recommended. I can do it all, thanks to Mackie. Sure, I could drop 5G to buy my gear from those other guys. But who do you think I am? Rockefeller? I'm just a cool guy inside my cool home studio, making cool podcasts and giving praise to the Mackie gods. So after you finish listening to this award-winning episode of Independent Minded, do me a favor. Listen to another episode. And another. Then think about buying something nice for the audio nerd in your family. Even if that audio nerd is you. And I hope it is. Your journey starts soon at Mackie.com. Amazing podcast. He's talking to people who make art and music, plugging their projects, making them famous. Ronnie Scalzo's amazing podcast. He's helping them out just by making them talk about all the cool shit they do. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may, old time is still a-flying. And this same flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. The Latin term for that sentiment is carpe diem. Now who knows what that means? Carpe diem, that's seize the day. Seize the day. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Why does the writer use these lines? Carpe diem is a romantic sentiment as if every single day were seizable, as if there were no roadblocks, no hills to climb, no holes to fall into. Get after it, girl, because this life ain't forever. Some of my favorite people in the world adopted that motto, and seemingly, it worked for them. But don't rush me, carpe diem. Life is a grind. Life provides hard lessons. And while I do love romantic sentiments, my first guest on episode 121 of the Independent Minded Podcast imparts a different sort of wisdom, one that I can relate to. When you do figure your mind out and when you do see yourself clearly and where you came from and you start putting the puzzle pieces of your life together, you can really do a lot fucking more with your life than uh, maybe you were doing or maybe that you had conceived of. It takes years, decades, to truly seize the day. It takes longer for some than it does for others to gain such enlightenment. And enlightenment comes from struggle. For me, enlightenment has come a little later in life than it has for Alicia Blue. As a young girl growing up in Los Angeles, Alicia took solace in words, turning to poetry and novels during hard times. During her high school days, poetry seemed like Alicia's path. 
But like most of us, she took a few detours on her journey, had a few bumps in the road. Now, after a lifetime in Los Angeles, she's starting a new chapter in Nashville, Tennessee. I would say as a musician, and especially a songwriter, it's so fucking nurturing here. The reverence for the song here is it like just turns me on. In LA, you can find that, but it's like, you gotta dig. You gotta really dig to find those people who have that reverence for, for a song. Freshly signed to Magnetic Moon, a boutique label co-founded by Rob Garza of the band Thievery Corporation, Alicia recently made her big move to the songwriting capital of the US. And on the heels of that move comes a new EP, entitled Inner Child Work. I walked every canyon in this town Trying to figure myself out How'd I need so much space in L.A. When nobody's ever around And it almost drove me crazy Almost drove me from my head And still we call it beautiful When the sunset meets the smog And still I say that I'm doing well Even when I'm not dark days in L.A. There's more than a whiff of destiny surrounding this new music. That magic pixie dust that inspires most artists. Sometimes your mom or your older brother or your favorite cousin puts you on that path. They play you that record, take you to that concert, even hand you an instrument. When I was a kid, my dad put a pair of headphones on my noggin. He stuck a realistic microphone in my face and he recorded me. One of my earliest words was moogie, which was my three-year-old way of saying music. Dad had a turntable, too, and so Pink Floyd, Billy Joel, Led Zeppelin, and John Lennon were the soundtrack of my early childhood. Alicia Blue didn't have that sort of upbringing. She became the artist she is now thanks to outside influences, unexpected ones. I had this mentor who was an old soul singer, and I was his caretaker right out of college. Malcolm Hayes was a soul singer in a wheelchair. And I found these old vinyl records in his apartment above Harvard and Stone and was like, there's no way this is you. No, I've been true, and if you want me to, I'll get down on my knees for you. I gotta be with you. Turns out like the guy had toured with Little Richard and Jimi Hendrix was his band leader before Jimi Hendrix was famous. And so. do you know this about this man before you agree to take oh, care no. of him? Oh no, I mean he's living in a studio apartment like off the government. Malcolm Hayes was in that wheelchair thanks to a drug-induced stroke that nearly killed him. And without being in that wheelchair, Malcolm Hayes and Alicia Blue probably never crossed paths. We often associate serendipity with some positive, magical event in our lives. But it has a tendency to step in during the darker moments too. I was working at a grocery store and quit. I've never quit on like on the spot before. Oh, and I, I, have. I was like, fuck my manager. He's like racist, sexist, like all the things. I like took my apron off, thought I was being like the Jerry Maguire moment. Yeah. You know? Who's coming with yep. me? Yeah. And 
while I was walking out, this old man named Bob, I, I loved him. He was walking in and was like, where are you going, kid? And I was like, I don't know, but I'm not working here. And he's like, what are you going to do? And I was like, anything. I'll clean houses. I was like, do you know anyone that needs their house cleaned? And he's like, I do, actually. Alicia spent the next three years taking care of Malcolm's house, then taking care of Malcolm. And in his own way, Malcolm cared for Alicia, too. I wasn't a musician before Malcolm, and I became a musician because of Malcolm. Turning her on to artists like Aretha Franklin. And even though this wasn't really the first encounter a Mexican-American girl had with soul, it was the first time it felt impactful. My father listened to Sam Cooke to learn English. So when I was a baby, my father was obsessed with restoring classic cars. So he'd always be in the garage and it would be Sam Cooke. And why? Every weekend. He heard it on the plane flying here to marry my mom. And that why. was like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's why. That, that could be why, yeah. right? I mean, it, it would make it memorable to him in yeah. a way and maybe nostalgic too. And he just thought too, he was the best. He was, Sam Cooke was, was the best. The best. Yeah. He was, he was. And he was the best. Cupid, draw back your The poet thing and my obsession with like Bob Dylan was always there, like words, words, words. But when I met Malcolm, I was like, fuck words, I just want to like be a singer. But Alicia wasn't done with words. She did have another detour to take first. Living in Thai town above what's Harvard and Stone, there was this Thai woman playing like these James Taylor songs at the Thai restaurant down below. And her name's Nong. She, in essence, became this like mentor. She hardly spoke English and taught me some finger picking and took me literally like we got on the train and went to Guitar Center and she helped me buy my first guitar, which was an acoustic Martin, like the bottom of the line yeah, version so. of it. It was, no, I mean, it was like the most <laughs> soulful fucking thing on planet Earth. Right, who does that? Yeah, it was pretty special. Alicia would come see Nong play guitar in LA's Thai Town, a six block neighborhood inhabited mostly by immigrant groups. And Nong performs acoustic versions of songs by Taylor, The Beatles, Carole King. Alicia and Nong strike up a friendship a unique student-teacher relationship. Eventually, inside that same Thai restaurant, Alicia and Nong start performing those same songs together. Nong lives in Thailand now. The two still stay in touch, though, mostly through social media. Does she know what's going on with you with the music right she, now? She, actually, this is funny. I hope she hears this. A year and a half ago, she had like DM'd me and was like, I want to buy the guitar off you. <laughs> like, and I was like, no, like what, no. <laughs> Just autograph it and send it to her. I, I know. Well, that was like the thing. I think at the money, like to ship it, I just. I was going to say, it. maybe she's, like, she should pay for the shipping. Yeah, it is so time. It just like never happened, like getting her the guitar. <laughs> Nong's influence helps Alicia form a style of her own and better understand her strengths. And even though she still wants to be a soul singer, she realizes she can connect with an audience in a more powerful way. Whatever I got from Malcolm was meant to be, but like the word is first for me. In 2019, Alicia Blue finally finds her true modern folk self. And it's the culmination of all these experiences that lead to that discovery. Combining her love of Jack Kerouac, Bob Dylan, and Joan Didion with an indie rock sound reminiscent of artists like Jewel and Alanis Morissette. 
This is called Magma. Ain't got nobody left to please, so I think I put my visions on the table. Oh, the sky is on fire with ecstasy from a thousand magma children for their playful. And just as Alicia gets ready to dig in, setbacks. While planning the release of her debut album, she's hospitalized with appendicitis. Surgery follows. Then just as that album comes out, a pandemic hits. And Alicia isn't just dedicating her time and her energy to this album. She's banking on it. She spends every last dollar. Paying other musicians to fill out the sound. Paying someone to engineer, to mix. If you want to be taken seriously in an unforgiving biz, it's got to be done. But for the artist, the struggle is part of the journey, part of the story. And the setbacks give Alicia more time to realize that to take her songwriting to a more universal level, she would need a bigger sound. She would need help. But how do you find those people? How do you vet them? How do you trust them? When you've taken the path Alicia Blue has taken, it seems natural to let the winds guide you. But it's not just the wind. We create these opportunities too. We push certain buttons. We follow the signs. We help guide the narrative forward. I know I'm guilty of this. When you do like figure your mind out and when you do see yourself clearly and where you came from and you start putting the puzzle pieces of your life together, um, you can really do a lot fucking more with your life than uh, maybe you were doing or maybe that you uh, had conceived of. By paying tribute to the signs, stories are formed and one thing leads to another. So I got my first therapist, had a session with her. She says, you should cover Hello in There by John Prian. And I'm like, mm, thanks. Okay, like, but don't like rush to go learn it, right? Next thing I do is open Instagram like we all do, like start scrolling through. The first thing I see is Joan Baez, because I follow her, a painting of John Prine, and it says Hello in there. And I'm like, oh, weird. Scroll a little more. And then I see my friend Toby shouting out, his manager. So I click on this guy's profile, this manager, because I'm like, oh, who's who's like back in Toby? Because Toby's like such a good, great dude, right? And the last post is a post of John Prine and it, the caption is hello in there. And I just was like, the fuck is this shit? Like I'd never had something so zapped happen to me. So I read all about him. I'm like typing up this email and then I'm like, no, fucking a manager should approach me. Like if I'm good enough, I'm not gonna, I need to wait, I need to wait, I need to be patient. That's very wise as well. That's, right? that's supposed to be how it goes. And that's how I Textbook. was living my life, right? Like uh, when the time is right, they will come, right? Like you build it, they will come. And then that night, and I didn't send the email, someone sends me a fucking TED talk and it says tomorrow never comes. And it's this whole thing about how people say they're going to do things and they get all amped up and then they retract it. And I was like, fuck. So I just like hit, because like what, what's going to happen, right? So I hit send. He responds. Three days later. Small communication, meet, doesn't sign me right away. Tells me I have like some things to work on. I'm kind of like pissed. Like, ah, 
damn it. Like my ego is well, like bruised. Yeah, he's got to have some notes for you. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I, I'm not like going to make him money, right? Yeah. Like, so. Did you expect him to bow before you? Yeah, <laughs> I, I was waiting for him to be like, you are the genius that this uh, company's moving for. But that didn't happen. And it turns out like over sequence of some months um, helped me with guitar and like playing like I used to play in all these open tunings and help me simplify it. Just like a lot of A&R work on that. And then like we started talking about Nashville and like co-writing. I had never done that. And like you should do that. And like just a lot of nurturing. I had grown so much in those few months. He was like, fuck yeah, like let's do this. Alicia Blue is a stage name. At least the second half is. She says Joni Mitchell's Blue is her favorite folk album. Kind of Blue by Miles Davis, her favorite jazz record. When I suggest that the blue in her name references sadness or pain, subjects a lot of musicians stewing, she claims otherwise. She says she's just digging into the kernels of human existence, growing, healing, understanding yourself, understanding others, facing mortality, creating a legacy, taking control and letting go. And while the new songs reflect on all that, the woman behind them, Alicia Blue, mature beyond her years, seizes the day. Taking chances, finding her way, and always dreaming bigger. You know, the goal is to go to the moon. I know everyone says that, but I just have never believed in impossible. Here and I, I'm not ready 
Rob Grote wants to make you feel less alone. I feel like more change happens in the world based on like genuine human connection than fighting, you know? So it's like when you connect with someone in spite of your differences that maybe you end up realizing like, oh, we kind of want same things in the world. We just have different perspectives on how to get there. Fundamentally, I think humans have similar needs and it's best when you provide them for each other, you know, just like love and care. In March 2020, he tried. His indie rock band, The Districts, released a new album. We're all so stoked, you know, it's like after you wait two and a half years by the time it's mixed. It was called You Know I'm Not Going Anywhere. Little did Rob Grote, the band's lead singer, know. Little did the world know at that moment how prophetic a title that would be. Just before the districts were set to get on the road to support that album, the tour was canceled. And a self-proclaimed working band, one that makes its bones by regularly jumping in the van, had to pivot, form a new strategy. So even though the districts had just put a new album out, and with support from their indie label Fat Possum Records, they decided to quickly start making another one. This one's called Great American Painting. On it, the Philadelphia-based band confront a constellation of problems eroding the American ideal. But Grote gets personal, too. He used to love me Like I was the only one Now you find me Cracking up On Outlaw Love, Rob Grote breaks free from romantic self-delusion. And that resonates with me. But it should, because I'm an artist too. And every poet has his muse. There's nothing healthy about this dynamic, you know, but, but there's a thrill and there's a, that thrill can be uh, misleading and can like bring you down a road that is ultimately disastrous. A lot has changed for Rob Grote since March 2020. His muse departed. Mine did too. The fact that I'm a fan of the districts because of that same person hangs in the ether during my conversation with Rob. When you break up with someone, do you also break up with what they turn you on to? The music, the TV shows, the books, the cinema? Is the art forever tainted? It's easy to run off a quick list of bands and artists I fell for because I also fell for my significant others. John Prine, Dave Matthews, Junior Boys, The Presets, Andrew Bird, Destroyer, the trash can Sinatras, the districts.
And so, the first time I listen to Great American Painting, my feelings for her stir. The second time I listen, I start to hear the notes beyond that personal and painful connection. The third time I listen, I separate a bit more, and I begin to recognize the album's greatness. The Districts are more than just a band that reminds me of my ex. And this conversation with Rob is another good opportunity to shed some skin. It can represent something good to you in the long run. So I hope we can do that for you, you know? <laughs> Romance is just a small brushstroke on Great American Painting. When the District's 2020 tour is canceled, Rob stays in Philly for a minute. That summer, he takes part in nonviolent protests for racial justice. And he's tear gassed. Soon after that, Rob understandably slows things down. He retreats, like those of us who can, to get away from the madness, to a remote cabin near Mount Rainier in Washington State. He spends time in nature. He drops off the grid. And he has only one neighbor. All I knew was like, he's a Vietnam vet. He rides motorcycles. He like grew up in Detroit and likes the MC5. And I was like nerding out about that. Rob's new friend, Paul, is 74 years old. After fighting in the Vietnam War, Paul came home from it and protested against it. The two bond over this. Later that night, they drop acid together. Now, a 74-year-old Vietnam vet, in that moment, tripping with someone he only just met, someone almost half a century younger. In this moment, Paul can put anything on to enhance the experience. We're watching this, like, DVD he has the band Tangerine Dream and shit. Now, I've never done acid, but the music of Tangerine Dream sounds like an appropriate audible experience while you're tripping. It's like slow motion waterfalls, like Grand Canyon shots. It's like super surreal, you know, like two people at very different stages of their life who end up getting along and we're just like in that zone, which is a crazy zone to be in already, let alone with someone you just met. It's just another great American experience that makes its way onto the record. Another painting. This one's called I Want to Feel It All. We're literally like below a volcano so like life and death heavy on the mind i had the sensation that i was feeling everything all at once that you could possibly feel all condensed into one moment
there was a lot I took away from that experience on many levels, but one of the things was just this desire, especially during this pandemic time where everyone's isolated, we're removed from each other. Just this great desire to just live life to its fullest and feel everything you can feel and, and be open to the world, you know? Rob's neighbor Paul has a bunch of guns in his closet. Another song on the District's album is an emotionally charged rumination on gun violence. And I'm sure the acid and the feel-good ethereal vibes of Tangerine Dream help Rob and Paul bond. But there's got to be more to it than just synthesizers and psychedelic drugs. I feel like more change happens in the world based on like genuine human connection than fighting, you know? So it's like when you connect with someone in spite of your differences that maybe you end up realizing like, oh, we kind of want the same things in the world. We just have different perspectives on how to get there. Fundamentally, I think humans have similar needs and it's best when you provide them for each other, you know, just like love and care. The districts record Great American Painting at the legendary Sunset Sound in Los Angeles. They didn't get to tour, so they find a different way to get back on the road. They adjust, they pivot. They make another conscious choice that provides more inspiration for the album. We drove out to LA in our van. It was wow. a pretty surreal time and 24 hours to Austin and then 12 and 12 to Albuquerque in LA. That's romantic though. Yeah, it's crazy. And Even then, for a touring band who's you know, been all over the country and the world. There's nothing like just doing a drive straight like that where you just see the scenery changing and it, it really makes this country just seem like unimaginably. Like a great American painting. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They work with producer Joe Ciccarelli, whose credits include albums with Spoon, The Strokes, and Broken Social Scene. Joey Ciccarelli! Hello, Joey Ciccarelli! districts are touring again. That's how we met the first time, back on episode 71, when the band came through New York City. <laughs> All right, so I got Rob on one. A, A, A. A, A, A. Braden on Ooh. two. B, B, B. <laughs> Connor on three. C, C, C. <laughs> Connor louder. Connor's a shy one. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and Pat on four. <laughs> D, D, D. D, D, D. <laughs> and they're down one member since I've seen them last. On this tour, drummer Braden Lawrence is now playing bass. Rob says that playing live seems pretty close to normal again. And he's grateful for a chance to rework those muscles. 
in the beginning for us last August when we went out and opened for Modest Mouse, it was so weird, man. Like it was so exciting, but I felt like I was impersonating myself. Like I was like, I don't know how to perform anymore. It feels completely foreign. But on top of COVID concerns, the districts face other challenges. You know, the normal ones that working bands face. Their van breaks down six different times on the tour. Rob even has to fly to his show and play it solo so the other guys can wait for the van to be fixed so they don't lose their guarantee from the club for missing the show. But a working band works through the breakdowns and the bullshit. A working band works around crowds that perhaps aren't quite as eager to pack into small clubs, to slam dance or crowd surf. But you love it when you see it. It's extra special now when people really go for it. The Great American Painting Tour is an empathy tour. Rob and the band recognize that we're all still dealing with shit. We're all sorting things out. We're all doing our best to roll with the punches. I don't know when shitty stuff happens, whether it's a pandemic or grief. You got you got to feel that shit. And just if it brings up the feelings, it's probably better to face them head on, you know, and then you overcome. Big thanks to Rob Grote, Hector Silva at Chromatic PR, and the district's manager, Jake Turner, for setting up the conversation. And thanks to Alicia Blue and her manager, Brian Ross, for taking the time to talk with me as well. Alicia Blue's new EP, Inner Child Work, is out July 15th on Magnetic Moon, Great American Painting by the Districts. That album is out now on Fat Possum Records, and it is marvelous. Marvelous! You can find out more about my guests and the songs I played in the episode description, Follow me and this magnificent bastard of a podcast on social media at Bald Freak Music. Subscribe, leave a review, listen to all the episodes of Independent Minded wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you're still alive after all that, you can find out even more at baldfreak.com. Next time on Independent Minded, jumping into the pit with Johnny Hawkins, drummer turned lead singer of Grammy-nominated San Antonio, Texas hard rock band Nothing More inside a venue whose name speaks to me, Marathon Music Works in Nashville, Tennessee.